This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 53 of the Wisdom by Oisa show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Donnell. I'm Casey Wilbanks Coletti. And this is Sophia Gella. Welcome to Wisdom Oisa on the Horse Radio Network. This podcast is brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, WISA, which provides the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors who you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news for manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. We are less than four months away until the WISA debut at the DMC finally kicks off. Sophia, have there been any recent changes to the program? Yes. So actually, just a week ago, the DMC decided to move our fashion show, which will be on the first night, which is Thursday, and the party afterwards as well, and to move that from the World Trade Center to the Trade Mart, so just next door. And that's just because the space is bigger and allows for social distancing just in case, since we don't know what it'll actually be like in January. So once the retailers are done placing the orders on WESA's 11th and 14th floor of the World Trade Center, they can just head over to the next store, to the Trade Mart, and join the fashion show and the party. Speaking of retailers, today we will be interviewing WESA's top hand award winner in the retailer category, so tell us more. Yes, so we interviewed the top salesperson last time, and now we get to talk to the top retailer. So the top hand award, just like you just mentioned, goes to one of Wessa's retailers or the buyers, and it's given out to recognize contributions to the equestrian lifestyle as industry friends or advocates. And so the winners will also be recognized at the January trade show, like we've mentioned last time, at the ceremony, which will now also take place at the Trade Mart following the fashion show. There's a lot for folks to do when they visit Kleinsmith's Western Store in Higginsville, Missouri. If you want to buy boots, there's 30,000 pairs to choose from. If you're shopping for clothes or tack, the store carries close to 200 leading brands. And you want to be sure to spend time looking at the 250 mounted animals throughout the store. If you're there on the right weekend, the store also hosts a full rodeo. Sarah Montgomery worked at Kleinschmitz while in high school, then went on to college and became a commodities trader, and later returned to the store as the owner. Let's let her tell the story. Hey, Sarah, thanks for joining us to talk about Kleinschmitz. You've got a long history with this store. You worked there as a kid in high school. Then you went off to college and, of all things, became a commodities trader and somehow ended back at the store. Can you give us a quick summary of how that happens? Well, <laughs> it is kind of a long story, but the person I worked with here at Kleinschmitz had got a hold of me and just said, hey, we think that she's going to maybe sell out to a chain. Is there any way that you guys would be interested? And over some time, we figured out a way to make it all work. So here we are. And I'll bet you're happy. I am very happy. This is more fun than trading? More fun than trading, for sure. Yeah, and you get to wear really cute clothes to work. So (laughs) that's always a bonus. (laughs) Give us.
just, if you will, go back to your high school days for a moment. What's the history of the store? I mean, how did this store get started? And I'm curious, without a long explanation, how they accumulated 250 mounted animals. So Mr. Kleinschmidt actually started the store about 50 years ago, 1969, in Quarter, Missouri, which is about 400 people right now. And then he moved to downtown Higginsville, which is just 10 minutes away. And then while he was in downtown Higginsville, somebody tried to sell him a billboard on I-70, which is about, you know, five miles outside of town. And he went ahead and did it. And because of the billboard directing traffic into downtown Higginsville, he was able to move out on I-70. And that's where we've been ever since. So we're right on I-70, about 40 miles east of Kansas City. Okay, and, and I've, you know, we talked about, and it's on your website, you've got this huge inventory, 30,000 pair of, of boots, you carry 200 brands, and yet you're in a relatively small area. Where, how big a market geographically do you serve, and is most of that walk-in store traffic who's heard about you and repeat, or is there also some online sales to the store these days? So we started a website about a year ago for e-commerce, and you know, every month it is improving. But as far as the traffic, we get a ton of local business. You know, we're outside of any type of town, about an hour away from Kansas City. So if people are looking for workwear, work boots, or clothes to get married in, go someplace nice, go to a school dance, then we're the closest place with the most inventory. And, you know, it's just the store has a long-time history in the community, so it's just kind of the go-to place around here unless you're wanting to drive into Kansas City. Well, it sounds like all the, the best of both worlds, and obviously, you know, I applaud you for your courage in carrying 30,000 pairs of boots in your inventory and working with all of those different manufacturers uh, in the other product line. Is this a, a responsibility you personally have, or do you also have other people working with you in terms of working with vendors? So... From the beginning, when we purchased the store, we just wanted to keep everything the same to where hopefully nobody would even be able to walk in and say, oh, it looks like it's changed hands or anything. So the selection and the inventory started as the store grew with Mr. Kleinschmidt. So whenever we purchased the store, we just kind of took over right where the other owner had left off and tried to keep things rolling like she had. Usually, we have between 17 and 22-ish employees, depending on what time of year it is. But for the most part, I do all of the buying, with the exception of the footwear. We have a footwear buyer, and he and I do that stuff together. So, you know, we're just constantly trying to work on inventory. When we purchased the store, there was no inventory system at all. So that was something that we implemented. And since then, you know, we're able to collect more and more data to where we can kind of analyze what we need to keep, what we don't need to keep, how we need to change our size models. And we're able to fill in quickly by just, you know, running reports instead of having to go manually do inventory by hand every time we need to place a fill-in order. That has also helped a lot. Oh, I'm sure it probably has. Now, do you, do you still use billboards as part of your marketing? still use billboards. That's probably the number one thing we do here whenever someone comes in with our inventory system. Now, you know, we have a CRM program to where customers come in, we get their phone number, that way we can identify them in our system. And whenever someone, you know, gives us a phone number we don't have, we ask them, you know, is this your first time? 
how did you hear about us? And generally, it's the billboards or, oh, I've always driven past this place and always wanted to stop. So the billboards are, I'd say we probably have 10 to 15 generally running. And then we do use digital billboards during the holidays or if we're having a, an event or a promo. And those are towards Kansas City. So we always try to put the, the digital billboards in areas where the population is higher. And we can change those, you know, daily, weekly, whatever. Right. Right. Okay. And you did a rodeo we talked about, correct? We did a rodeo. Exactly Talk about how you do, how you added a rodeo to your marketing mix. We turned 50 last year and what better way to celebrate your 50th anniversary than with a rodeo. We have the acreage here at the store. It was tight, but we were able to, with strategic planning, figure out where all the trailers would park and also, you know, like our shoppers during the daytime and then the spectators. But we worked on it for a long time, and we used it as a way to also kick off our website. So we really worked hard on trying to, you know, collect people's information. That way we could start direct marketing through email, through text message to get people into the store. And we got together with all of our vendors, did a lot of giveaways. So every hour on the hour during the open house, you know, we drew people's names out of out of a hat. So all of those people's information we were able to collect. So we just used it kind of as a way to kick off our website, celebrate 50th anniversary, and kind of get people in the store, get them excited about website rewards programs, things like that. That's a, now is is your marketing? Did you study some marketing when you were when you were in college, or is the marketing just intuitive to come to you? Because it's really fairly sophisticated with signs, with uh, special events like rodeo, with online. Did you come into the store knowing these are the things that you wanted to expand upon? I came into the store knowing that they needed a website, knowing that there was no Facebook page, no social media presence. You know. I'm kind of from the generation where if someone says, you know, oh, have you heard of so-and-so, and you look and they don't have a Facebook page, you automatically discredit them as being someplace where you want to go because, I mean, if they don't have a Facebook page, are they really even a store? So that was something that we started working on immediately, and the website took a lot longer because we had to get our inventory system up and running first, had to get 90,000 items, tagged you know, in the inventory system. And then we had to go through and pick and choose what are we going to put on the website. And then whenever I'm doing my buying, I also kind of pick and choose, you know, is this something I'm probably going to put on the website? Because we honestly don't have the manpower to get everything on our website. Well, and your inventory turns too. Right. Which is obviously the goal. But as far as no, I wasn't thinking I was going to be in marketing. I, you know, went out of college into an agriculture field, which you kind of have to, I guess, make for sure people know that you exist. So there was, I guess, social media and stuff like that. But as far as marketing, I do have a really awesome lady that helps me get some of that stuff. And then I can just kind of fire away ideas at her. And she's a lot more tech savvy than I am. So she just takes what I give her and runs with it and makes beautiful graphics and things like that for me. 
Sounds like you got it. Now, Casey always talks about the fun stuff. I talk about the business stuff. <laughs> Casey, if you went into a store well, and found 30,000 pairs of boots yes. and, and things from 200 leading brands, do you think you could find something you yes. like? I'm, I'm most certainly probably, especially because <laughs> I have a four-year-old daughter that loves the shop, we would certainly leave with uh, mini bags. But, you know, as I'm, I'm listening to you guys talk and I'm, I'm kind of reading things and I don't know, call me a girl or call it almost Christmas time, but this sounds like a Hallmark movie to me, the story of you working there and kind of the feel of the business and the, the community involvement. And then I read in the bio, you know, how neat it is that the family's they come to your store for the most heartfelt moments is what it says, you know, to dress themselves for family portraits, prom, weddings, funerals, like the, the most important things in our life. And then I find the uniqueness that you used to work there and now that you're, you're the owner. And so I just want you to touch a little more on the community involvement, not just from your side of it, and but also from the customer side of it. It really does sound like, like a family-oriented customer business very family and my favorite thing about trading green was my customers and then of course now I have lots of customers different customers but there really isn't anything better than you know my family I take with me to market I have three kids now and my husband we all go to market together and my little girl sees boots and she picks them out and I think well if my little girl picks them out there's yes. lots of other little girls who would pick those so we all just kind of get together play off of each other. Do you like this? Would you wear this? And, you know, it shows up at the store. We get re-excited about it once again. It goes out on the shelf. And then there's nothing better than helping a customer get something for their wife or their kids or their grandma. And then we offer free gift wrapping. So at Christmas time, I have a bazillion other things that I should be doing, but I really (laughs) enjoy helping the customer pick out that perfect gift. And then I like to wrap it myself. And that way I just know everything's boxed up perfect, give it to the customer. And then, you know, I always wonder on Christmas day, like, Oh, I hope that they really liked that because we, we travel with the item almost, you know, from the beginning, from picking it out to sending it out the door. My dad plays Santa sometimes (laughs) on the weekends. So it's just really fun. And then I have customers now who will call me and they're like, hey, my wife was in there, you know, which I would know her name, so-and-so was in here, and she really liked the vest. Do you, can you figure out what size you think she would get, and then can you have it ready for me, and I'll swing by and get it. So we like to have stuff already wrapped with our CRM program. Now we can go in and see kind of exactly like what mm-hmm. size jeans people had bought. And Kleinschmitz has always kept a record of the work boots since mm-hmm. way back at the beginning. They have like library cards. So that's uh-huh. another thing. The wives can come in. My husband's name is John Smith. Oh my gosh. We look up and we can grab the boot off the shelf, wrap it up, and she's on her way. You don't realize it, but you are the star of your own Hallmark movie. This is a Hallmark story. It really, it really That's is. Funny because and I'm obsessed with Hallmark channels. <laughs> I, I, so am I. <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, take us back to when you worked there in high school, because there has to be, a, you know, more so than just an opportunity to buy the business. But there has to be a little more that kept you there and, and made you go ahead and purchase this when it when that opportunity did present itself. I just loved working here. I mean, I grew up riding horses, rural community. It just so happened. I walked in one day after I had had like a summer school, college type class when I was in high school. And 
you know, kind of ask if they were hiring. Because I come from a farm and ranching family, so it's not very often that a kid really, like, gets the opportunity to work, like, off of the farm whenever they're that age. But I just started working, and then fortunately, you know, I enjoyed it. I came after school, worked on Saturdays, and whenever it came time to go to college, you know, I kind of tried to quit, and then I missed it too much. I ended up coming back some. And even after I had been gone for years, I would come in during Christmas to go shopping with my family because it was a place where my grandpa always brought me and my sisters, and we would get to kind of pick out our Christmas present, and then that's what he would do to make for sure we got what we wanted. And if she was busy, then I would stand in the back, and I would wrap presents just for fun to try to get him through the rush. You know, right before Christmas, there's just a lot going on. So it was just something that I always really missed. Christmas never really felt like Christmas without coming in. Sure. You have a... I'm really happy that it it all worked out to where I can still get to come for Christmas. Yes. And 50 years, and it's a unique story because you've been able to keep that old time feel with also bridging the gap in between, you know, the new marketing, the new age marketing, social media and, and your, your website. And so it's, that's really special and that's really unique. We don't, we don't see that every day. Sometimes you usually only get one without the other. So it's, it's really neat. You were able to keep that feel and also be able to keep up with the times of marketing as well. Well, and I was going to mention as well, I mean, no one runs a successful business without challenges. And clearly in your business and many businesses, uh, earlier this year, there's a challenge raised its ugly head called COVID-19. And I'm curious as to how you looked at, approached, and dealt with that challenge. Well, when it kind of first started, going back to my trading background, you know, we all kind of saw the stock market kind of start heading downward before it even got to the Midwest before anybody in the Midwest even was taking anything seriously. So from that, you know, you're always red flags. We kind of started holding off on reordering some things. We just kind of wanted to see what happened. And then I had told my employees after it kind of started to get serious, hey, if there's any way we think they're going to shut us down or anything, I want you guys to know your job is secure I will continue to pay you guys for as long as I possibly can. If they were to shut us down, like we're just going to all have to work together. Fortunately, they didn't shut us down because we have essential items with steel uh, toe work boots, FR clothing. But a lot of my employees decided to stay home, which was fine because I wanted everybody to be safe. But it just the biggest thing I think I took away from it was to not take the customers for granted. Because we have several customers who come in a day, you know, well over 100 per day. And it got to where there were times when there was no customers in the store, which was a very strange feeling for us. And then, you know, there might have been 10 customers coming in a day. And those 10 customers you were so thankful for. And it was just a really humbling and good reminder that every single one of your customers matters, even if it's a Saturday and you've got 20 people in line, it was a good reminder that every single customer that comes into the store needs to get the same amount of attention and the same amount of appreciation as we were giving, like, those 10 customers a day. Well, I think you um, 
if you ever want to go back and teach college, I think you could teach a retailing course and a customer service course from drawing upon experience because, you know, this is the way that I would think most good retailers would approach this, but you sensing it in advance and being mentally prepared for the fact this might happen. And what a wonderful thing to tell your employees that uh, they're taken care of for as long as you can. And my guess is they were so grateful. And I think your customers are grateful you were still there. We got a lot of phone calls, you know, hey, are you guys still open? Can we come in? And, you know, even now, we're doing everything we possibly can to keep people feeling comfortable. You know, anytime we can open the doors, let fresh air in. So, you know, we live really close to Kansas City, which is a metropolitan area. And I live like halfway between Kansas City and the store. So it's just a really nice feeling to come to Kleinschmidt's and everything be the same. So we do have to, as employees, wear masks because of the county mandate. But ever than that, everything is the same. So, you know, there's no big plexiglass. Nobody is afraid to touch. You know, we do try to follow all the CDC guidelines, but we're still not afraid of each other. And we still want to help people and chit chat. And if someone comes in and wants a drink of water or if someone wants help with their boots, getting them on or off or, you know, anything like that, everybody in the store is, we're all just, everybody and the customers are normal. I would, I say, you know, it's just nice to come to the store and it's a break from politics and COVID and everything. It just still feels like home to me. I think it's a great story. I think you've done a marvelous job when you gave up the life of a trader to move back into a very uh, fine, well-established retail business. And I think our listeners are going to be impressed with the way that you approach your business and your company and the way you approach life in general. Well, I appreciate that. Some Most days you don't really know if what you're doing is right or not right, but you just keep doing what you think is right and hope it works out. Well, I think it certainly did. And we thank you for taking the time from serving all those customers and buying all that merchandise to talk to Wisdom by Wisa. And I'd mentioned just before we go, this is the Wisdom by Wisa show. <clears throat> you chatted a little bit about going to market, but your relationship with Wisa and how it helps a retailer like you. I think it's just great to go and see. It's good to see everybody. Like, that's something that I think that we have missed the past you know, six months or whatever is a lot of face-to-face talk, a lot of just networking and chit-chat about how things are going, what trends are you seeing, how did this sell for you, oh, that's interesting because it sold, didn't sell for this territory, but it sold better for this territory. You know, that's one thing that I, being in a rural area, I don't have a lot of networking or other stores that I really talk to or to compare with. So to me, going to market, I enjoy buying. I, you know, enjoy seeing this stuff, new trends. You know, you try to stay on top of all that. But I really enjoy the camaraderie of going and talking to people and seeing what is working for them and, you know, just hearing, I guess, how other stores are doing because, My store is a little different with being on the highway and being in the Midwest. It seems like we are behind on some things, ahead on some things. The craziest things work here. So it's just really interesting to just go and network with people. 
Well, I'm, we're glad to hear that. And again, we thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to be a guest on Wisdom by OISA. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You bet. The show notes and links from today's show can be found at the website wisdombyoisa.com. And of course, we'd always like to hear your feedback. There is a contact link on that website to share your thoughts and suggestions. The Wisdom by Wisa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players, and you can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone. You just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and it's super easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom by Wisa podcast. Wisa, where the industry meets.